Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Sutherland Girls. It's actually a bonus episode. Um, you are. So, oh, my name is. <laughs> my name is. My name is. <laughs> I'm Brittany. And I'm Shannon. Um, and this is a bonus episode and also our second episode of truly being unfiltered. So if you're in the car... Please with don't listen little to children. children. She's about to cough. Yeah, I'm really about to show you my true colors real, 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 real quick. <laughs> Sweet little Brittany. <laughs> a lot of people are going to be completely shocked. I think on so this too, episode. because I think there's a lot of people that have no clue that you have this fire in you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm about to unleash it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You might like it. You might not. Anyways, we're moving on. Especially if you don't like people cussing around you this is definitely not the episode for you so we're currently recording on a thursday it is still april it is not yet may so congratulations you've made it to the future i'm in the past a one whole week um but today is very important and i think the best way to start the episode is by you reading off today's story post that you tagged me and Sutherland girls in. Okay. And then I can explain. Okay. As a mother of daughters, you want so much for them. You want them to have more than you. You want them to be stronger than you. You want them to be more successful than you. You want them to be happier than you. Today, I witnessed my oldest daughter (laughs) stand up for, I'm going to start crying, stand up for herself, showing her strength and power extremely proud mama moment so basically and this is the lead up to this i'm just gonna say i quit my miserable job yes i resigned with power in epic fashion in epic proportions and we went to lunch today just Mm -hmm. the three ladies grandma donna me you and I called it my freedom lunch. Mm-hmm. So we're going to describe why I had a freedom lunch. So you guys have been with us. And if you're just now joining us, you can go back in past episodes and hear it in my voice. Hear it in. I was extremely censored and filtered mm-hmm. with what I was dealing with. And today I am going to, you know, open the book without telling names, without talking about very strong details because I don't want a lawsuit on my end. Right. And I also don't want to sue this person. I totally could, but I don't want to be that person. Just give your feelings. Yes. Your, don't use anybody else. Yes. So. Because there's other people involved, but yes, that's their story to tell. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I'm not, again, not going to say names because I don't want to hurt anyone. I don't want to cause any chaos in their lives. And I also don't want to give this evil human being any more power than they have Mm -hmm. so i got married last june and i want to say 
the week that I got back from my honeymoon, I was doing interviews because I wanted so badly to go back into the marketing world. That is my purpose in life is to be a creator. And I just was stuck behind a computer sending over 200 emails a day. I was so bored and I was like, I need to go back to my creative root in my life and start creating again. And this human being that I interviewed with was well, my first interview with was so nice. The vibe they were giving off on the phone, like this is the type of interview that like it was only supposed to be 30 minutes and ended up being an hour and no one realized that I was gone for a 15 minute break and I was gone for almost an hour at that current job that I was at. Uh uh So it just felt right, you know, like when you find a person that you lose track of time and you're talking to this person, you completely start to trust them. And it's like, man, this, everything is, you know, fitting into place. It makes sense. It feels right. And my second interview, which is normal for getting a new job, um, met the boss, met my future boss at that time. And now looking back, he was, gaslighting you gaslighting me making me feel safe with him um he took a few stupid ass courses of psychology and was like i was a psychology major later on i found out he took two classes so no you don't have a psychology degree (laughs) two classes does not give you a degree i'm just telling you that right now it's part of the gaslighting yes so he you know, sense that I was, you know, holding back myself and not being, you know, truly truly myself, but like, who is in an interview? Come on. So it was great. The first 30 days I was telling friends and family about, oh my gosh, my boss totally gets me and I feel safe there. I feel like I can grow a lot. It's not something that I like it's not the industry I wanted to be in, but I'm still doing what I love. Right. Even though it's not a topic that I like or am mm-hmm. interested in. Right. And. But you did throw yourself 100% into it because you one, were, had so much knowledge about that industry. Yes. And, and what happens and how it happens. Yeah. So this week marks my nine months, no, 10 months with the company. And I've had enough. I stood up for myself um, when I resigned. Moral of the whole entire time that I was there was I was talked down to. Called names. Called extremely bad names. Like no, not a single guy that I've ever dated called me these things. Mm -hmm. So, and made me feel so small, made me feel like I was the problem, made me feel like I wasn't good enough, made me feel like I didn't work hard enough. And if anyone knows me, like it it takes hard work to balance a full-time job and a podcast and they never knew about this podcast. Right. So it's like, if you think I'm not working hard, like you clearly need to look inward and see why you feel that way. Mm-hmm. But this man was a narcissist. And if mm-hmm. you go back to our episode about narcissists, this is who I'm talking this about. This is the experience. <laughs> this is the experience she gathered. Yes. Um. I don't want to give too much away, but I mean, I would come home or I would come over and, or you would come over to my house and we would talk about it or I'd call you. I've had multiple panic attacks from this man. I always was dangled a bright future. Part of the gaslighting. Next to you're not safe. You could be gone tomorrow mm-hmm. or at any moment. Uh-huh. You you are replaceable. And then he would always say like, 
I don't need to the, to work. I don't need to be here. I was perfectly fine before this and before you. And it was just like devaluing me at like left, right, and center. Mm-hmm. So I found something brighter in my future. I'm not ready to talk about it yet, but... When you're being gaslighted by a narcissist, it will make you feel like a crazy person. It will, they will turn it on you. And in, not until you learn the way a narcissist works, do you gather the tools. Also, I will say not le- not until you've been exposed to a nice narcissist. So it is unfortunate, but you do have to go through hell to learn yes. to see the signs, to learn how to deal with them. And then after you do, it is so empowering. And to watch you at this moment, this day, see the signs yes see the key phrases hear the key phrases yes and understand you should have pity for this person because Mm -hmm. it's very everything when when a narcissist is going off once you figure it out it's you just feel sad for them like dude it's almost like watching reality tv because they're all narcissists and you're like like Oh my gosh, can you talk about yourself a little bit more, please? Yeah. It makes you uncomfortable. Constant bragging. Con- okay. You do not need to tell everybody or someone or anybody how great you are. Yes. It comes out in your work. It comes in, out in your treatment of others. So yes. if you're around somebody that is constantly talking about how great they are, first of all, huge red flag. Yes. That they are a narcissist. And sometimes uh, in this gaslighting time, of the romance of the narcissist relationship is you feel like, wow, they're really a great person, you know? Yeah. So to watch you go through that torment was extremely scary. Mm -hmm. I tried to just give you the tools because I knew you had to, you had to experience it, but there were at times where I thought like that somebody needs to intervene because this is, this is going to destroy her. Yeah. But to get to this moment Mm -hmm. and to hear how you handled it with strength and grace and power mm-hmm. is like aha <laughs> an aha moment in life. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you are when you walked in the door, I said you're truly glowing. Thanks. I know. When you said that, I was like, I feel like I'm like a ray of sunshine. Yeah. That just pressure. Yeah. There's a few things that I would like to talk about so that people know the level. Okay. Of how ill I was the yeah. last 10 months. Um, I know I'm a very strong individual and I don't want to burden anyone that's like not my deep tight circle, which is just you and Woody. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of things you probably have told daddy out, but I haven't just mm-hmm. because like, what is it going to do telling more people? Nothing. And I know that. And so I feel like I just need to like vent it out and like, make sure you guys know how bad it is Mm -hmm. and then you know get get it off my chest and then move forward right and i think you know when i hit the six month mark with this person Person. who was my boss it was almost already too late before i got help um and i think i just want to like remind everyone everyone has a strong friend i think the strong friend needs way more than you think they do Mm -hmm. check in with them dig deep sometimes keep asking yeah sometimes you just have to keep asking and they will eventually feel safe enough to tell you Mm -hmm. a lot of my friends listen to this podcast and i've never said any of this um i 
I don't want to cry because it's not worth it. But I seeked help mentally, mm-hmm. mental help. Um, and even then I was just like, it was like a full month of trying to find a therapist or a psychologist to help me. Mm-hmm. I was like screaming for help, basically. I would have panic attacks every week. It got to a point where I was having a panic attack every other day. Mm-hmm. Um, this man has not only verbally abused me, but has inappropriately inappropriately hugged me in our office and on office hours times. Um, oh gosh, I can't believe I just said that out loud because. Like, I never, ever, ever thought I would have to deal with that. Right. I thought, okay, I'm not going to be that one. I'm going to be strong, stronger than to allow that. Right. And my kindness was taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that I didn't know how to build boundaries. Your politeness. Was taken, yeah, my, was taken advantage of. Um, this man threatened my life. Mm-hmm. And... I don't think it was in a serious, like he was actually going to do it. But if when you describe throwing people out of a second story window mm-hmm. or calling one day that you just lose your shit on your employees and you call it the massacre day, mm-hmm. like, ver- like he used to say, I'm going to start slitting throats. Or when he told you to strangle someone. There was a time where this man verbally described my husband dying by being hit by a bus. Um, I'm going to go into this a little bit, but um, I was telling him like, it's not okay to dangle my job in front of me because I come in so unsure And then I second guess all of my work. Like, why are you leading with fear, basically, and not being more encouraging like a normal boss that manages a team does? Because he basically told you every day that you could lose your job every day. Yes, literally every day, like every day. Mm -hmm. I'm not exaggerating. This is fact. Mm -hmm. But he basically was like, well, if you don't keep up with the train, then you're going to get run over. And then he, I said, well... I would like to know that my job is somewhat secure based on how hard I'm working because I am giving it 110. And whether sacrificing it, your time. Yeah. Not sacrificing your time, but putting so much time into it. Yeah. To where you're sacrificing your family at home. Yes. There were times where I would come home. I would start work at 830, come home and work until eight or nine, even on Fridays. Mm-hmm. And it came to a point where my husband was like, can you not bring your work at home? It was affecting my new marriage relationship. Like we were fresh newlyweds and we were already dealing with this. And I was like, you know, suckered into this. I felt like sucked in. And if I didn't produce, I was going to be gone. I just knew it. At least that was what I was being told. So I took it to heart. Like it was going to happen. So he when I was telling him like I feel like uneasy I all I want is stability all I want is job security Mm -hmm. and he took that opportunity to say well how permanent is your marriage when you married Woody 
did you know that you were, it was going to last forever? And I told him, I said, I wouldn't have gotten married if I didn't know it was going to last forever. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the point of marrying someone Why would you if you know it's going to end? you're not married forever. Yeah. Just don't get married. Yeah. Um, and then he was like, well, what if Woody gets hit by a bus? And I'm just like, why even bring that? Like, it's you've part never, of, it's, first you've never met him. You barely know his name. It's part of the mind fuck. Yes. So I want to fast forward to my little breaking point after having like a panic attack every other day and crying on the phone to you and crying on the phone to Woody. There would be times where I would call you guys while walking around in the parking lot. It's Mm -hmm. not like I was stewing in it. And then on my breaks, like calling and crying, it was like, I have to get out now or I'm going to lose it. And they need to understand that there were good times. There because were part times, of the yeah. whole narcissistic relationship is mm-hmm. that they build you up, break you down, build you up, break you down, build you up. So you have good days and you think, okay, it's past. It's not going to happen again. Yeah. Like, it starts oh, I'm out doing slow. Better. It starts out slow mm-hmm. and then it becomes an everyday thing. Yes. So I like it would get to a point where I'm like, okay, he's complimenting me. I'm doing a good job. I know I'm doing a good job. And then all of a sudden I did something wrong and it was like catastrophic. And you start to think that maybe I, I am not doing this right. Maybe I don't have what it takes. It's a lot of second guessing all the time. That's all the guessing. Yeah. So I finally was like, I need help. And this man, I'm just going to tell what I've witnessed. And that didn't happen to me, but I heard it from the devil's mouth in front of me to another person, to another coworker. But this man was traveling for two weeks, came back in the office, clearly had COVID, was refusing to take a test. Me and one of my coworkers were like, oh, here's a test. Like, just take it for us to have like peace of mind. Within four minutes, it was positive. And it usually says like, wait till 15 minutes. And that's your true, not diagnosis, but test result. result, Yes. Um, And it was like hard line positive, like. Like you you are, fully have it. You are fully contaminated. <laughs> so I, after four minutes, and like my coworker was like whispering to me like, oh my gosh, it's positive. And I was like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I was like, oh, you know, he's been traveling and talking a lot. And so his voice is just gravelly. And then I started to think like he's coughing and he's sneezing in front of us. He, when... And my coworker did the test for him. Like basically it was like, here, put this in your nose, do this, do this. Like, so this she man, touched him? Yes. Oh gosh. We were sitting in offices <clears throat> with him, his office. Then and we were the, sitting a at a conference room, in a conference room with him. So it was like, there's no way we could be negative. We've been with this man in a room for 16 hours for the last two days. Mm-hmm. He, There's no way we are negative. It's, it's a for sure we're positive with, covid um so i decided i wanted to work from home for the rest of the week um when he got tested it was a tuesday so i worked from home wednesday thursday and a friday you know per what the government is telling us is you have to quarantine if you're exposed because if you're exposed you most likely are going to pass it to other people in in order to keep it under you know yes yeah so i didn't want to be the super spreader that he was basically and he made my next week a living hell. And I like 
I, I think I would rather go to hell than repeat that full week Don't say that. ever again. Don't say that. <laughs> because. Yeah. Because he's not going to punish you. Yeah. I knew I was going to be punished for working from home or choosing to work from home for three days. Um, that Friday that I was working at home, I went to the doctor and this was my opportunity to tell my primary doctor, like, I need help. This is what's happening. This is what's been done. This is what's been said. And, you know, the week before, he was also a total asshole when he came to work the first day with COVID. Mm -hmm. He had, and this man should not be running a company at all. Mm -hmm. He got the company Instagram account stolen, (laughs) then decided when the hacker was asking for money, he said, let's set up a Bitcoin account to pay this hacker to give us our account back. And okay, newsflash, hackers aren't going to just stop at the first time that you give them their money. They're going to keep asking until you have nothing. It's like hacker 101. So, you know, dealing with his temperament of, you know, being mad at himself for falling for you know, click on this link and you get verified. Like everything was about his ego. And to this day, he will probably say like, oh, I don't need this attention. Oh, it's not for my ego. Like bull fucking shit. It is a hundred percent your ego. Anyways. So he was in a super shitty mood Mm -hmm. and I found out because like he allowed like the hacker to get the account. Mm -hmm. He showed up to a restaurant on a Sunday where my coworker was with his family to have to make my coworker because my coworker is like so wrapped up into this environment already that there's like no way for the escape mm-hmm. and i feel so bad and I, that's part of like why today i feel so good is like i got out you got out but there's some people that are still in there's two people that are still in but you have to understand too that some people are able to cope in that relationship long term uh with their coping skills with the way they handle it yeah you know but like i'm like you're gonna need therapy a lot of it too (laughs) like because i you know i i got help that friday from my primary you know she help me with that began the journey to try to find find a new job that started the journey to find a therapist um take a week off and you know decide what do i want um recognize that it's not okay and that was the most emotional even though like you know i would cry to you Mm -hmm. every other day or whatever and tell you what's going on that was the most emotional week probably of my entire life right And the following week, (laughs) because I realized how bad of a situation I was in. And I think a lot of people who think like, oh, it's fine. I'm going to I'm going to be okay." Or Or it's just ignore it. Yeah. I I think when you seek professional help and you you have to be completely honest with what's going on. Right. That's when I felt when I realized how bad it is. Mm -hmm. I thought, okay. I can get out and I'm going to be fine to then being told you're not okay. This is not okay. He has an issue that he should not be in the position that he is in. Right. hundred percent. You're not the problem. He is. And you need to get out 
now. Right. It's like when you started that journey, um, you know, that, that first day when you, when you met with your primary and you called me and you told me, I, saw I mean, your appointment was like two hours long. Yeah. Like you, I'm, I'm exaggerating. Maybe it was an hour and a half. Yeah. But I mean, usually you see your doctor for 15 minutes. Yeah. But she spent so much time with you mm-hmm. and gave you immediate tools. And she then, gave me her cell phone number to call to text and checked her. in on you yeah. and then got you, helped you to get, cause it's so frustrating. Insurance companies are already so frustrating. But then to try to find a therapist yeah, and then try to find a therapist in your insurance company, then to try to find a therapist, especially right now, that's available and taking new patients. Yeah. It was a lot. But it was like, I I was, I don't want to say relieved, but it was like, I, I started to see light because I knew it doesn't matter how many times I tell you, it doesn't matter yeah. how many times Woody tells you, mm-hmm. it's it you need to hear it from a third party that's why therapy is so important yeah you know and your girlfriend that's in therapy it's like if i could have every 20 year old get into therapy yeah and deal with your childhood issues your high school issues your your it's so hard to be a woman today mm-hmm. yeah and a young woman where you're trying to figure out your path with all of this outside noise yeah when, after your first or second or third meeting with your therapist and you're kind of sharing the tools that she's giving yeah. you, which you'll share. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, such a, 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 not burden, but you know, like you want to protect relief? your kids from everything. Yeah. And you can't. Yeah. And that was part of the, part of, this is your journey. Yeah. But my part in this journey was so difficult because I I can't, I can give you tools, but I can't stop this. Yeah. You have to go through it and you have to figure it out yourself. Mm-hmm. So she wrote me a note mm-hmm. at the end of this hour and a half. How it was, it felt like, it, it felt like it was 10 minutes, but then I got out and I was like, oh my gosh, that was an yes. eternity. And I was waiting and waiting and waiting. And, and waiting. I was bawling my eyes out in front of her. I was telling her everything like detailed way more detailed than i'm talking today in this episode like the sexual harassment the verbal abuse the you know threats Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i told her i said well i told her the situation about he showed up at a restaurant that my coworker was at like unannounced my coworker was so pissed and like of course like you know when your boss shows up and needs your help and you're with family and the family's like uh okay that's fine i told my doctor i said honestly the threats and everything i don't know if i should be actually scared for my life i don't know this man at all all i know is this ugly side well how far definitely didn't want you alone with him yeah so the i was i was just like I don't know what he's capable of. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've watched a lot of forensic files and I did not want to become that woman. And this isn't a joke. This is a hundred percent serious. Like in the moment that I was telling her everything and the way she was looking at me and the things she was saying, I saw my life and I almost like envisioned like if I was murdered, it would be by this person. Right. When you start having that panic. Um, I know that's like something that's super heavy to say 
and it should not take be taken lightly, but I was scared for my life. Mm -hmm. The fact that this person knew where I lived. So she wrote me a week off out of work to figure out my situation. Um, I definitely thought I was going to quit right before coming back to work Mm -hmm. because I was like, I don't want to work there, but I also can't financially support myself and my bills that I have. Like, you know, me and Woody are so, are still so young and can't like one can't support the other type of a thing. You need two incomes right now. We definitely need two incomes. And I was just like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I felt like I was forced to go back um for financial reasons and i went back i was completely ignored for four days um you know that those reminders of my job being dangled right in front of me was happening Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. four days straight i Mm -hmm. don't want to go into this but i'm going to say it um the week that i had off i took pregnancy tests And me and Woody have been trying to have a baby for a very long time now. And I got three positive pregnancy tests. And I was, I I mean, obviously I'm not pregnant right now. Um, But I, like, going through all of that shit with this person and then seeing what I've wanted for so long happening only to then lose it the next week. Well, and to be told by your doctor, do not try. Yeah. Because you're going to continuously lose. Yeah. So it's okay. I felt like This is supposed to be a happy day. <laughs> it's okay. I felt like I saw the light at the end of the tunnel. Only to be met at the end of the tunnel with evil. And like no hope. And like. Like I, d- I didn't know what was left of my life (laughs) I felt like he was the reason I couldn't get pregnant and I still feel that way um because I was put through so much stress and torment Mm -hmm. and I hated him even more after that Mm -hmm. um but it happened while I was at work that next week mm-hmm. of being ignored because I was under so much stress and um which like really sucks like I wish it just like happened at home and not at work at, at the place at evil. the place yeah and when you say ignored you don't mean like he just sat in his office and you sat in your office it means like he came out and talked to your coworker and said give this to her like yeah or that type of like behavior. he would look to everyone else and then ignore me. Like I, right. I felt invisible and I would ask him questions or tell him like, hey, this is what's going on with like the job and duties that I was doing to that I was meant to be there and complete. 
and I was getting like, you know, like dismissed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I, I knew, I, I knew by like Wednesday or Thursday, I was like, I'm going to get fired by Friday. Like Friday's my last day. I just, that's what was going through my mind. Um, so, you know, I, was passing uh, i i was dealing with a loss by tuesday i had to go to the emergency room on wednesday mm-hmm. um my coworkers. he another thing that he did with me and my coworkers was he pitted us against each other right um yep. to the point where we couldn't trust each other right that is, um, that's another thing that they do yeah so like he would ask us little questions here and there and we would get suckered into telling telling him information on somebody else on someone else and then he would say it to them and it was like well obviously it was you who told because you're so, the only one that knows because you were the only one who knows like that kind of information yeah um so when i went to the emergency room it I was in the middle of the day work day i told them i said i have an emergency i need to go to the er i you know i called my doctor told them what's happening and they said i need to go to the emergency room right away and i all i got was you know well what's wrong what's happening why do you need to go right now instead of like oh yeah 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 go 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 if it's an emergency and your doctor is saying like go and i've always dealt with anything i mean i've never gone to the emergency room unless like you know i like when i would crack my head open like that was the when only you time jumped off a of bed and split your head open yes yeah so i you know i don't take when a doctor says go to the emergency room then i take panic. it very seriously i right. start panicking like oh my gosh what's wrong which i knew it was happening but the fact that like i didn't get that back and i was being questioned and interrogated by a co-worker because that's how he is it's very personal so. um i blurted it out and i just was like this is what's happening. I need to go now. And I, all I got was shocked faces. And I was like, are you happy mm-hmm. that you interrogated me in such a sensitive topic that I just blurted it out? Like, I feel like so unsafe here. Mm-hmm. And I've told them that multiple times. Um, and the fact that I just didn't get, I just didn't get support all around because everyone was terrified of our boss. Right. Um, and even like it was like the lowest point in my entire life. So that happened, got through it. I knew then, and you know, when I found out Mm -hmm. from those positive tests Uh that I couldn't hold it from Woody because we were trying so long and so hard, you know, Mm -hmm. that I told him and then, you know, laying in an emergency room bed by myself right. was so awful and I was so mad, but I started to get mad at myself for like being like, the, you knew this was too good to be true and now you're stupid for telling your husband. You know, you got his hopes up too. Don't ever think that. And that's what I was thinking. I and know. Don't ever think that. After that moment, I was like, I need help. I need to talk to someone. And so it was like a full three weeks of finding a therapist. And, you know, they don't tell you how hard it is to find a therapist. Mm -hmm. But it almost took a month. And I took it like 
my friend went to therapy for the last year and she was doing so well. And I was like, okay, who do you go to? Because clearly my insurance can't pair me with anyone. <laughs> Cause they keep saying, Oh, this person, this person, this person. And they would call and they're full. Yeah, full. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so frustrating. I was like, yes, finally. And then I call them and they'd be like, Oh no, sorry. We have no room. And it's like, I need so much help right now and I'm not getting it. And it was so frustrating. So I finally got a therapist from my friend. Um, it wasn't her exact therapist because I wanted her exact therapist, but she had um, psychologists in training type people. Like they don't have their license yet, but they right. work under someone else's. Right. But they're still, you know, knowledgeable. They, right. They've gotten that far. They just don't have the license. Um, I love my therapist so much. She's so, so amazing. It's so important. Um. She's helped me so much deal with this evil human being. And I don't, you know, I don't talk like that. I don't say people are evil. Right. And for the first time, like, you know, we believe in God and we go to church and we know scripture. And it's not until, like, I want to tell people, like, you don't know evil until you've sat in everything that's happened to you with a therapist and realize this person in my life that caused trauma is evil. This person is evil. You start to recognize like these characters, not these, not the people individually, but the characters, the narcissist, the um, mental illness taker, you Mm -hmm. know, never gives, but takes everything. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Moral of the story. (laughs) I got a new job which is super exciting. Woody and I are still trying. We didn't lose help, hope. We, you know, stopped trying for a month and a half to two months and now we're retrying. <laughs> um, so I, I definitely through therapy wanted to take that first month of therapy off from trying and just focus on my own health. Cause I know when I'm going to be good and in a good place and surrounded by good people, good things are going to happen to me and that baby the right baby is going to you know stick yes and grow and be God's part plan. of our life but today there was we a go spitfire day so proud <laughs> i am honestly i i lived it you know and i f- forgot it so you're gonna have to like remind me i left a job with a narcissist boss and i left I always say, don't burn a bridge, you know, leave gracefully, da, da, da. Yeah. But I just left. Yeah. The way you left, and not once, not twice, but three times, stuck up for yourself. Yeah. When he tried to break you down yeah. again. Yeah. Proud. Yeah. That That is a true growth moment. I can't wait till your therapist hears this story. I know. She's going to come unglued. She's going to be like, yeah. pat herself on the back. <laughs> She's going to be like... I'm so I glad did <laughs> I did that for you. <laughs> yes. Money well spent, I have so to say. <laughs> we'll start the end of your story as this, as you got to know this narcissist pattern, you started calling the bad week, hell week. Yes. Um. So as anybody who's in a relationship, any type of relationship with a narcissist knows that there's build up, build up, build up, then tear down, build up, build up, build up, then tear down. So you have to learn the patterns and what to look for and to know it's coming. So you called it hell week and you thought as you calculated it, you thought it was going to be next week. Yes. But 
from your text and phone calls this week, it came early. Yes. And it came early because I was already planning on, you know, leaving and moving on to my new job starting next week, which has already happened by the time you're listening to this. Um, it's almost the end of my first week now. Um, but today being hell week, he just kept abusing and abusing. And I really bad for myself. Really bad this week. Yeah, it was really bad. The verbal abuse was really bad this week. I mean, he called someone in my office a fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. So that's the level of like, and you guys, this is chief in a company. Not VP, not manager. He's at the top, which a lot of people know that that does happen. But but calling a like your your employees, you cannot a fucking idiot. You cannot speak to people that way. I don't care who you are. No, and so I told. I mean, I stuck up for myself, but like a little bit, a couple, either the same day or the day after this week. This Mm -hmm. week, Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. wasn't today. I mean, I definitely brought it up again, but um, there was. A responsibility that I was, I mean, I created this responsibility for me in the, I'm the creator Uh of content and it is, I'm not saying it's not my responsibility, but like I took it up among myself. You took it upon yourself to create this. To create this tracker Mm -hmm. in an Excel sheet because for some reason, I don't know if they teach Excel classes to people anymore. But Nobody knows how to do it. No one knew how to do it and I knew how to do it. So I did it and it was more of a thing like I'll create it, but someone needs to you use, know, it. use it. Uh-huh. And that's mainly what I did for this department at this company was I created so much. It wasn't just content. It was like tracking systems, inventory, um, uh, emails, copyright, like some of that stuff like I didn't need to do I wasn't asked to do it and I went above and beyond in this role that I was in to to create a system to create a system to create processes um I took all the knowledge that I've like accumulated in my career applied it to this company in ways that it I didn't necessarily need to or it wasn't important to these people but you're like this is the way it could be done this is more efficiently yeah this is how to be more efficient. This is how to be more organized. This is how other companies do it, basically. Right. right. Like, get on the level or it's going to be chaos. And I'll it was chaos. You. I'll teach you what I've learned. Yes. Yeah. And I constantly felt like I was teaching, teaching, teaching. And it's like, why am I not learning anything? I'm learning, a, like, how to deal with a narcissist, basically. It is a good life lesson. But, it's like, just unfortunate. I'm like, I was promised so many things. I was promised being VP of marketing one day, um, being the manager of all the employees in the office. I was promised bonuses. I was promised, you know, work-life balance. I was promised one week a month to be working at home, just creating just content. To create. mm-hmm. And that never happened. There was such big things that weren't even my idea at all that were promised to me. And I was like, Oh great. This is great to then never happen. Um, we went off on a tangent and now I forgot. So this week, so this week, um, after him calling someone a fucking idiot, um, and then, you know, having this tracker that I created going back to the tracker. Um, I said, I'm not tracking anymore because it's not important to everyone in the office. Mm -hmm. And he took it as, I can't, I won't. 
like he always had he always heard other things come out of our they mouths. do hear it differently and they i'm like 100 hear things differently and you're like that's not the way i said it and that's that, not the way i meant it that wasn't the tone and that wasn't right. that weren't the words <laughs> so he got, came unglued and i wasn't even paying attention also because like you know what, i'm gonna be gone anyways he called me into the office and he basically said like this is your responsibility and i was like well it was not my responsibility i created this and then it turned into now it's my responsibility i made i now made that you this don't want to do it anymore yeah yeah and i said i don't want to be tracking i don't want to be responsible for things going missing in our inventory because, because people would come in and take things and not put it in the tracker and not put it on a po- all i was asking put it on a post-it whatever you took and i would put it in and that wasn't happening uh, it wasn't happening Pe- like people were refusing to do just like the simplest tasks and i shared this document with everyone it was a google sheet anyone could have gone in and added whatever they took mm-hmm. but it's the moral of the this whole conversation with him was I felt disrespected that I was going out of my way, out of my job title, out of my job duties to make everyone's lives easier. And I felt like I was being taken advantage of Mm -hmm. and I was being highly disrespected. If you created something and nobody's using it, it doesn't work. So you're just letting them know this doesn't work. So we're not going to do it anymore. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. But then, you know, he's a narcissist. So he heard what he heard. Right. And so so he attacked me. And then I said, don't speak to me that way. I deserve respect. I, and I mean, and this is the first time this was the first time I actually stood up to him. And he my like coworker that. was like, when you started raising your voice, I cringed because I was like, Oh no, what is he going to do? And I, I was like, I don't care. I am so done. Right. Um, and I have to stand up for myself now because right. now I'm leaving, even though they don't, no one knew, no one knew I was leaving. But I was like, I have to stand up to this narcissistic asshole. Right. Because I need to leave with grace and get it out. And if I don't get it out, it's going to be real ugly. (laughs) So then the next day he started tearing other employees up in front of all of you. And then today. Today. When you got there, Mm -hmm. he wanted to have one of his team meetings. Team building conversations. Conversation. Where he took the time to tear apart each, each one of us in including front of pointing at yes and repeating he things pointed, from days past yes, over yes. and over and over again and over and over yes. and over like not even over exaggerating over and over yes. again yes pointing out every single one of our flaws and how we didn't do good enough and how great he is and how he doesn't need to be here and he doesn't need to do this and how and he grew in other companies and mm-hmm. this is where mm-hmm. he is now and how yeah. do you think he yeah. got here you basically said when he pointed you out oh he told me i was the cause uh, of his tormenting all of us for yes. the re- whole week. So I was because singled you out. stood up to him. Yes. He doesn't say because you stood up to me. He yeah. says because you did what you did yesterday. Yeah. This is why I'm this way. Yeah. And you said, you know what? I didn't want to do this like this. Well, first of all, I was like, uh, he was like, do you have any comments? And I was like, um, well, I'd like to have a private conversation with you. And then he started to say attack you well and then he went into he started to go into detail on like the thing that i did wrong because he wants to do it in front of them 
Yes. He just wanted to do it. In he wanted to tear me down in, in front, front of, of them. them. And so then I said, well, I didn't want to. And I look at, I'm looking at my coworkers who are sitting there and I'm like, I didn't want to do this in front of you guys, but I guess I have to. And I had a paper with me. I unfolded it. I shifted it onto his desk and I said, I'm resigning today. Mm-hmm. And he got quiet and like, oh, okay. Well, if that's how you feel. If you can't keep up with the pace yeah. and you need to leave, you can go ahead. And I said, I said, I just want to make it extremely clear. It has nothing to do with the pace. It has everything to do with the way you speak to us and the way you treat us. And he tried to blah, 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 blah. Oh, and if our personalities yes, don't. personalities don't get along. Then you said, then at I, a defense of your coworker. Yeah, I said. Yesterday. I said, going back to the fact that it's about how you talk to us, you called her a fucking idiot. I have never been treated so badly and talked to so badly in my entire career and I've been with multiple companies mm-hmm. and I've never been spoken to this way. And I said, and he started to say something. And so I like cut him off and I started to continue. And I said, to be completely honest, I think you need to take some management courses because the way you talk to us, the way you talk to employees is not okay. And that is when he excused the other coworkers. Yes. <laughs> And then you said you have to go email HR. I said, person. I need to email this resignation letter to HR, but I will come back. So I went to my desk. I literally had it in my drafts. You sent it. <laughs> sent it. I came back. I sat down in the nearest chair to the door. He wanted you to shut the door. He said, catch the door. That's his, you know, verbiage. And I said, I'd prefer to keep the door open. Very good. Just so you guys know, those are clear boundaries. Yes, that I've learned, and you know, I some of some of this stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I said it, but I have been working so hard on creating boundaries within myself, creating boundaries with this narcissist, Mm -hmm. because with narcissists, like you have to slowly and like sneakily create boundaries, right? Because they don't like them at all. Yes. Yes. I. Just this just jogged my memory. Um, I want to say day two or three into this job, he told me a story about how a coworker that worked downstairs from us, he the the coworker tried to create boundaries with him, and he told me the story about this whole blow up of a story that happened literally the week before I started. Oh my gosh, that was a red flag. And the coworker told me. And I was just like, oh, you just don't like him. Okay. Yeah. It was a red flag. Yeah. He was warning me. Um, and then my boss told me the story. So I got to hear like both sides, both sides which was, I was like, where the fuck am I working? Yeah. It was literally day two or like, three. Who talks to people like this? Yes. Adults don't speak to each other like this unless you're in a fight. Like a f- Yes. And let me just tell you, this boundary that you created, no boss should ever call their employees an effing idiot and you can respectfully set boundaries like before you always just did what you were told like yeah catch the door okay yeah sit down okay you can say no yeah and not lose your job yeah or i prefer the door open or i prefer this meeting is with someone else yeah you know don't ever be afraid those kind of things are not 
job ending Correct. decisions. Correct. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's what I learned in therapy too, you know, like yeah. these little things. Um, and he started to, you know, recognize Dig into them. Again. Um, but going back to the, the first, like the third day or whatever, he said, if you ever try to create boundaries with me, you will be gone. You but will you, not have a job here. But you, and I was like, "Whoa, you're what? so early in on that. You have no clue." Yeah, I because was like, kind of giving you the world right now. Yeah, and you're like, "Why would I ever need boundaries? You're so great." Yeah, yeah. I was like, "What kind of boundaries?" So you're in his office. You're, you're so, leaving the door open, and then he starts to dig in and about he, you not keeping up again. Yeah, he was like, you know, he brought up pace. He brought up personality, and I said, "It's gosh. not." I said again. It has nothing to do with the pace, and I will make that crystal clear. And I with the, the HR, HR person's person. name. Yeah. Um, and I said, you don't want to think that you're exiting because you can't. Yeah, I keep said, up or or work hard. It's mm-hmm. because of. So I I specifically said I do not want you to drag my name through the mud like I've witnessed you do to other people in front of and to other people because he used to talk shit like major major shit mm-hmm. about people in the business yeah. like in the company and people in the industry and I'm that like, is part of the narcissist because they have to make sure nobody likes each other yes and they only like them yeah because you've got to keep all these strings going yeah yeah and so i'm just he's not touching my career you know and so he has nothing to say. Oh, did I also mention this guy is extremely racist? Oh, we forgot that part, but yes. So I don't need to go into the details of that. Like, imagine a racist. This is that person. <laughs> Along with narcissism and, you know, sexual I think harassment that all goes and verbal together, harassment. But yeah. So, so again, standing up for yourself and not just yourself. You stood up for your coworkers yeah. and you were a voice... Uh, as much as you needed to be, but to continue three times then stating the fact that this is the reason I'm leaving mm-hmm. and it's effective immediately Yeah, and getting your stuff. And then not only did you do that, but you explained to your coworker where everything was. Mm-hmm. If you need any help, call me yes. and I'll show you or tell you, this is how I do this. Yeah, You didn't just grab Here's your stuff and walk out the door. Here's my computer password. Here's my keys. Yes. Here's where the marketing tools are that I use so that it doesn't get mysteriously taken by that someone. That is uh, yeah. leaving with grace. I left with should, grace yes. with my coworkers. Those are the only two people that I cared yeah. about knowing how I was right. leaving. Right. Him He's probably blown it out of proportion. Thought well, I'm it, a this total is the thing that I've told you a hundred times. You never win with a narcissist, ever, 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 because they will never, ever, ever think it's them. But guess so what? you just have to lead with grace. Mm-hmm. You did an amazing job. Yes, I'm extremely proud of you. I I love you so much, and I know right now your life is. I mean, in this moment, we're happy, but I know that you're going through a super tremendously torturous time in your life (laughs) yeah but it's gonna make you i hate to say it's gonna make you stronger because i hate that thing like why do i have to be so strong but i think this is gonna make the good so much sweeter yeah 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 and i'm so extremely proud of you Mm -hmm. for the woman that you are i mean it's hard as a mama to think that your kid has grown Mm mm-hmm 
but in this last year, I've just really seen you, although a lot of the year was torture, but um, grow and thrive and, and become this just amazing woman that you are. And I'm so proud of you. Yeah. I finally, I mean, I've said this before on old podcasts, but I finally feel like a woman and not mm. a little girl. There is some transition at this age. Yeah. You know, not for everybody, but I do remember being your age in that transitional stage. Yeah. So <laughs> that was a heavy one, but. Unnecessary I'm one. I'm glad that you shared it. I was not aware you were going to share everything, but I'm very proud of you. Thank you. And I think um, on that note, <laughs> follow us on Instagram. <laughs> follow us at Sutherland Girls. On TikTok. Uh, on TikTok and Instagram and Spotify. Make sure you follow us on Spotify and click the bell at the top next to the follow button because it lets you know anytime a new episode like this fantastically amazing bonus track was. <laughs> um and just wait till next week. It's going to be next so exciting week is to gonna hear about be the new adventure. So new, so fresh, a new journey. Mm -hmm. um, this episode is basically, you know, like Lethargic. letting you guys know what was really happening behind every time we the said, mic. Really, I've had a worse week of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know, real world behind the mic. It was torture. And um, this is kind of me saying like goodbye. Shedding the old skin. Yes. And I'm or shell. starting fresh. Yes. <sighs> On that note. Bye. <laughs> dun, 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 One, dun. two, three. We're Jersey Shore. Shore. Mm -hmm. Fist pumping mm -hmm. in the club. Mm -hmm. Wait. Okay. Arsenio. And action.